morning. It is around 6.30 a.m., 23 degrees. It's actually quite nice out tonight, today. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's cold, but there's no wind, no precipitation, no ice. So I got no complaints. The, uh, let's see. I am walking with Mr. Jasper today. Don't know if you can see him in the dim light. <sighs> Gotta admit, I've gotten to where I enjoy walking him more than Miss Ripley, because I keep having to coax her out. She loves it when she's out there, but man, she does fight getting the leash put on. <clears throat> anyway, Friday the 13th. Huh? You ready for it? We've got a, uh, we've got the adult business party today. That sounded a lot more porny than I intended. We have the party for my business, non-kids version today. Basically the same as the kids version, except no Santa, gift cards instead of gifts, and a lot more drinking. Not really our scene, but they're good people. And you know, I don't get to see them often enough, so that's cool. As long as we don't start in on the how great everybody's kids are. But I've already talked about that. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we got the party coming up. I got my thousand words today. Excuse me. I've spent about six thousand words already on uh this one chapter that's talking about how the commoners live. And while I think it's an interesting topic, well, I think the problem is that I'm not just talking about that. I'm going into this one guy's, uh, well, one of my characters has become a teetotaler after finding out that his brother was killed in the war. And uh, so I had to explain parts of that. You don't like to explain it all at once, but but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just talking about how the commoners live. It's also about these specific people. And yeah, if you let it, man, it can become a long, long chapter. Six thousand words, so that's about twenty-four pages devoted to this. Is that right? It's a uh, thousand words would be four times two fifty, two fifty words to a page. Yeah. So six times four, twenty-four. Anyway, 
I don't mind so much, partially because while I'm writing it, it all makes sense. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that crazed nano, just write things down as fast as they come to you. I'm actually saying these are things that I want to get said. I want to get across. So, they're valid. <sighs> so anyway, what else? Um, some good stuff written. Yesterday was just rotten. I mean, I had a okay time at work, but uh, I talked yesterday about how I'd made some flip comment on Twitter, and however right I may feel about my position, I've just gotten world-weary to the idea of arguing on the internet. Okay, that was fun. Uh, don't know if that came through in the image, but either a bat or a bird. More likely a bird, I suppose. Just took off from a tree near me, a bush or tree. When I say near me, I'm talking about like two feet away. So, that was a little surprising. Oh no, here comes the wind. <sighs> anyway. So yeah, I uh, was not proud at having got into a bit of an argument on Twitter. And I basically vowed I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to get into an argument on Twitter. I'm, I'm not stupid enough to say ever again, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be good. I'm going to try not to do it again today. And so what do you think happens? Sure enough, the fan who was mad at me gets mad at me without me saying another word. And the best I can do is just hold my tongue and, you know, not engage. I feel like I've got good points that I can make good arguments, but I'm not doing it, you know? This was, this was part of the character-building plan. I was just going to let her win the point. And it wasn't going to bother me. So then Lawrence Lessig, a uh, famous lawyer, big-time uh, guy with the EFF, one of my personal heroes, he says, uh, Bing, the search engine, will now let you filter based on licenses, and they make it so easy, not like Google. And, you know, if they hadn't said not like Google, I'd have been fine. But the fact is that Google has had this for years, and it's only two clicks away from their main page. I mean, Google Plus is as far away from, from uh, Google.com as filtering for licenses. 
So I made the argument that actually this has been around for years and it's right there. And then uh, one of the other authors that I follow started in on, it's not about how smart people are, it's how savvy they are. And I said, no, 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 it's not about the people. It's about the web page. You're saying that the web page is easy to use. When you say easy or hard, you're not talking about four specific people. You're talking about people as aggregate. Is Twitter hard to use? When you ask something like that, people don't say, well, is it hard to use for people who are stupid? No, you don't say that. You say, is the website easy to use? You judge it on its own merits. So, I'm basically just saying, no, 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 the website is right there. It's two clicks away. And he's saying, oh, well, you have to under, you have to know the system. You have to know which clicks to make. Which bugs me, because we're talking about people who are looking for licensing for reuse. These are people who are being careful. People who are showing a concerted effort. People who are professional. Nobody goes to Photoshop and says, it took three clicks to make this effect work. And I have to understand Photoshop in order to use it. Because they say, look, if you're professional, you learn how to use your tools. But for some reason, they seem to treat Google... They seem to treat Google as though it was this hybrid area where random people are going to need to have access to uh, licensing information. Not creators. Not people who are being careful about their reuse. Just random people. We need to make it so easy that it's right there in front of them. And everybody, whether they understand how to use Google or not, can just walk in and go, Oh, yeah, I'm licensing seems to me, if you know what the words Creative Commons mean, you should be okay for, for finding this out. And I didn't make those points. I didn't do it. I was trying really hard not to get into an argument. I don't know if you can see it, but right now, the blanket of clouds above us is actually quite beautiful. I think I'm going to make that my, uh, the uh, thumbnail image for the video. Unless the dog looks particularly cute. Then I'll use a picture of the dog. Uh, anyway. So yeah, I was trying my damnedest not to get into a fight. I just made the point and then they came back and I thought I was just clarifying my point. Next thing I know, I, I got this author saying like, well, there's a lot of anger here. And I basically have to get him on DM outside of Twitter and say, did you just leave me alone? Uh, you know, I gave you the point. You win. I lose. I disagree with you. I think you're wrong. But I gave you the point. Take the win. Walk away.
So that was the kind of day I had. Could not win for losing. You know the, uh, the app Buffer? Something that helps you schedule your tweets for later use. I use that because I tend to... Uh, ah, got a power walker. I tend to go through all my RSS feeds at the same time. And when I do, if there's stuff I want to reshare, I don't want to do some ma massive info dump and just hit people with everything all at once. So, I started using the Buffer app to basically schedule it for later. And it's worked out pretty well, except that it will only let you hold 10 items without paying them money. Now, please understand that with the simple Perl script and a Linux cron job, I can send email to either Twitter or Tweety Mail that will post that whenever I want to. So it would be more or less trivial for me to write a cron job that calls the Perl script that opens up a text file that grabs whatever the next tweet to be tweeted is. Or hell, if I wanted to put time into it, tie it to a database. Say, these are all the tweets that I want to make. And go. Could do that. It would be easy. The purpose behind using Buffer is to make it a little easier. Just to use an automated service that's already there, you know? And then they want money for it. And I'm like, well, no, not really. I mean, if I pay Dropbox $10 a month, they'll give me like hundreds of gigs of space and amazing functionality and ubiquitous access over Android and, you know, mobile apps and everything. So by comparison, saying that I get to tie my tweets to your website is, you know, just so that you can do a cron job instead of me spending the 20 minutes that it would take to write my own script. It's not really good value. I mean, I'm willing to use the product as long as it's, you know, more useful than not. If they found some really cool use for it, that'd be great. And of course, they just branched into Buffer for Business, where it has superior analytics and stuff like that. And uh, of course, I'm not going to be able to see that because you have to pay the money first. So you basically have to decide that this unnecessary service is worth paying for. You okay, buddy? He does that sometimes. Sometimes it's a furball. Sometimes he's just clearing his throat. You wanna stop for a second? Like he has to sneeze or something. Anyway, now he's looking at me like I'm an idiot. 
What do we stop for? Um, anyway, so you get a project that you product that's not terribly useful when free, and then you insist people pay for it. And uh, so yeah, I I basically went up on Twitter in my fury. It's it's because they put so many roadblocks. You only get ten tweets. They have to be at specific times. You have you know all this kind of stuff. And they're very proud of the fact that they integrate not just with Twitter, but with Facebook and all this other stuff. Which is utterly useless to me because when I post original things to Twitter, I have Twitter set up so that it forwards that on to Facebook. And I know that's annoying for some people, but there are two completely different audiences, Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, anyway, so yeah, I basically said they put up so many roadblocks, it's surprising for something that's just a glorified cron job. So basically, long and short of it, I managed to upset one of my fans, a fellow author, uh, one of my heroes, and the uh, nameless, faceless buffer app customer service representative. So, yeah. The renters call me up and then the renters say, they don't understand the spreadsheet. I mean, okay. When I was in high school, I did a lot of accounting. I mean, like, I went to state in accounting. It's not something I'm terribly proud of, but there it is. I'm not brilliant at math, but I'm good with my columns of figures. I'm all right with bookkeeping, you know? I do okay. And, uh... So I set up a spreadsheet that I shared with all of the renters, showing on this date you had this credit, on this date you had this debit, you had this check number for this amount from this person. And it shows how much everybody has paid in, how much the total owed was, all that kind of stuff. So then one of them calls me up and I mentioned that, hey, you guys are several thousand dollars behind. And he's totally, what? What? Several, what? So I point him to the spreadsheet. I'm like, look, they're at, look at the word total at the end. See how that shows you owe a lot of money? And he's like, oh, I, I couldn't figure out how to use it. <sighs> 
So yeah, my goal was to edit some of chapter 14, and instead I spent the day deliberately not arguing with people and basically just playing Borderlands to get my head out of all of this other stuff. I was in no mood to sit and edit for several hours. Just wasn't. So anyway, yeah, brand fail. Messed up Twitter. Messed up productivity. The one thing I got going for me is I got 1,300 words written in two miles before my day started yesterday. So no matter how crappy my day was, I know I got that amount of productivity done. That little bit was done. Please don't hit me just because you're turning right. Anyway. Sorry, that last bit was for the person who wasn't a fan of pedestrians. Anyway, so yeah, yesterday kind of stunk. I'm, uh, and today, today's going to be mostly the, uh, party. And I got work to do. Actually doing really well at work. Got some cool stuff done. But, uh, Yeah. I saw something from one of my old co-workers. The guy I knew at Kinesoft. Good guy. Very laid back, very friendly. He, uh... Apparently worked with Al Lowe. And, uh... Well, he, he works in the game industry still. And uh, Al Lowe is the guy who did the Leisure Suit Larry series, which if you're a fan of old gaming, you probably remember as the lascivious cousin to King's Quest. That first game was pretty awesome. It took a uh, turn for the worst. Of course, but that first game was really good at gameplay. So anyway, they've been basically remaking it and making cheap sex jokes for a long time. And uh, apparently, one of the guys who worked with Al Lowe was caught up in a sex scandal. He had, and I don't know all the details, but 
one thing is pretty obvious. He sent a video to a girl of her boyfriend intimately involved with another man. So, the girl was something like 16, which this game producer says he didn't know. And it's really hard not to judge him on that one. It's really hard to say, well, obviously they always say they don't know how old they are. But I don't know the situation, so it's not fair for me to say that. What I do know is that he pled guilty and uh, that Al Lowe decided to leave their company, which was, of course, the big news. It wasn't about this guy doing this. It wasn't about him pleading guilty. It was about the fact that one creative was leaving the company. So, yeah, that's a little messed up in itself. But, whatever. I say whatever because this is me trying not to get into fights, you know? Instead, we say what came next, which was that my friend from Kinesoft, Billy Joe Kane, he referred to this as karma. The guy getting what he deserves for having what most people would agree is improper relations with these teens. And I'm not talking about sexual relations. I mean, if he's even showing her these videos, this is not something that ought to be done. Anyway, so he called it karma. And then this guy, this producer, comes out of nowhere, swinging at him, attacking him because, and I didn't even know about this, not that it's any of my business, but he started saying that his, that my friend's wife was in therapy for substance abuse and saying, well, hey, at least my wife isn't blah, blah, blah. He did not put it as nicely as treatment for substance abuse. So, anyway, whatever, like I said earlier, whatever, whatever you may think about this guy, what he did or did not do, what he knew or did not know, how old the girl was, and whether he knew about it, all of that stuff kind of goes out the window. As soon as you pick on somebody because a family member is getting treatment, that's just, that's just all kinds of wrong. I mean, all right, I get that this guy, the one who pled guilty, I get that he is upset and he's hurting and he probably feels betrayed by the people that he works with 
worked with saying that this is that what he's done is a bad thing. He may feel betrayed by that. I understand that. But it does not give him the right. Doesn't give you the right, doesn't give me the right to malign someone because of a sick family member. That's just seriously messed up. So yeah, I mean, yesterday was just full of internet gotchas. Anyway, today's gonna be better. Today is going to be better because it is Friday the 13th. Because it is Friday the 13th, I am going to be more careful. I'm going to be keeping my head down. I'm going to be saying only rosy happy things. I am going to become the anti-Matt Wallace for a day. Speaking of which, Matt Wallace had a brilliant little piece about uh, Fox News claiming that both Jesus and, and Santa were white as verifiable fact. That, yeah, whatever, man. There were guys in my office, good Mormon guys, who were looking at the screen going like, what the hell are you doing? What are you, stupid? I only mention their religion by way of saying, even those who are like to agree with them aren't gonna agree with this. I mean, those who are like to agree with them on some of the points are not gonna agree with this presentation. And you know, you know that it's gonna end up on The Daily Show. I mean, I didn't watch The Daily Show yesterday, but how could that not be like a headliner for The Daily Show? Fox News has declared that Santa, a Greek, Turkish saint, was verifiably white, verifiably fact. Same way that Jesus is verifiably white. So yeah, Matt Wallace had a brilliant commentary on that. Very short, very powerful, and frankly, I don't dare say it out loud. 
but uh, it was fun. Anyway, I've almost got my walk in. I've already got my words done. <laughs> I was talking with some uh, friends yesterday. I have uh, Google Glass invites. And uh, I was talking to them about Google Glass. And I told them about how I record this podcast every day using Google Glass. And how I get up every morning at 5 o'clock, write a thousand words, and then go on my daily walk. And there was one person there who just kept stopping me going like, wait, 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 wait. You, you wake up at 5 a.m. and you write a thousand words every day? And I was just like, yeah, you know, three or four books a year if I can keep it up. I go, how long have you been doing this? How many books have you written this way? So, well, I've only been doing it for a month. So I've written, what, a third of a book? But she just wouldn't let it go. Just kept on going on. I'm like, okay, so you, you wake up in the morning. You go downstairs and you open your computer and you just start typing. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? So I, I read the last paragraph I'd written from previous day so that I can get the flow for what I was writing. And then I pick it up again. And, uh, I don't know if I'm just getting used to it or what, but I don't know, seeing them be all shocked by it. Seeing them be all shocked by it, I'm wondering if I'm just accustomed to the idea. And that in fact it's really, really odd and I just don't know it. Someday, I hope to make it 2,000 a day. Probably not this year though. I mean, not 2014. By 2015, maybe. God knows I got enough story ideas for it. Oh, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Charlie Strauss has, he's apparently been writing some techno thriller cryptology stuff or something about surveillance state, whatever. I just started reading one of his books recently, so I don't know a lot about his series, but apparently he had this trilogy that was about surveillance. And uh, he has decided 
not to write the third book. He's just not going to write it. Because he said that all of the crazy invasive surveillance stuff that he'd come up with for the book, he's already seen the government doing. He said the only things that he had in his book that weren't already in real life were quantum computing used to break encryption and Scottish independence. I can't help but think government's going to take that as a game plan. Well, next we need to work on quantum computing because we're not about to tackle Scottish independence. Anyway, yeah, I just thought that was wild. Makes me kind of want to read that series to see what he was writing about, you know, what all this surveillance stuff is that that has him so spooked. <laughs> Get it? It's a spy joke. Okay, I may make this my thumbnail image instead because that sunrise is just beautiful. Up against the puffy clouds That is lovely. Yellows, orange, rose, blue. Really is quite beautiful. And hey, if I wasn't doing this, daily walk thing, I just slept right through it. What a loss. Let us pity those who are snug abed. <laughs> Let them hold their manhoods cheap. <sighs> Mixing my metaphors there a bit. Anyway, we are coming up on the front door now, so I will bid you all adieu and hope you have a pleasant day. Hope we get to have a better report for tomorrow.